On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be talking about a new addition to the Hot Toys line. Two new additions, that is, for the Return of the Jedi film. We also got some updates on Star Wars Battlefront 2 that fans have been wanting for the past two or three years. And there's some rumors going around about the Game of Thrones duo and what their trilogy may be like. And don't forget about Ryan's trilogy. We also got something on that. Plus, the big one in this episode is the Ewan McGregor story. Is it real? Is it not? Is he going to Disney Plus? And of course, we're going to wrap with our favorite segment of the week. It's for you, the fans, the top five. Cue the music. Hey now everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode, and it's sort of action-packed, but you never know where Nick and I will take those topics you just heard from our faithful announcer. But Nick, as we do, let's go ahead and get into the first one, which it seems these days we're usually talking about some form of collectible in Star Wars land. Big surprise, considering I've mortgaged my child's future to get new Star Wars toys. So... Last week, or earlier, yeah, last week, we got news, or not news, but glamour shots. We kind of heard about these from SDCC. Fans were taking shots of these new Return of the Jedi figures in the case, but now we got some glamour shots straight from Hot Toys of the Wicket E. Warwick Hot Toys Ewok figure, as well as the announcement that he's going to come in a deluxe pack with Endor Leia, which is pretty bitchin'. All right, Nick, so we were kind of talking about these guys offline, and once again, you, you're just expressing your amazement over how detailed these fuckers look. Oh, yeah. In particular, the little bear. Oh, yeah. I mean, the good thing about Wicket and any of the Ewoks is that, you know, for these Hot Toys figures or any other figure maker out there, you don't have to match human features. So it's it's much easier to make them look exactly like they look in the movies. And what I told Matt before we went online is like, it looks like I'm looking at Wicked right on a movie screen. This doesn't even look like a figure. It looks like there is a person in an Ewok suit sitting in front of this camera taking this shot. It's incredible the level of detail that's in here. And like, and like you said, this being the Hot Toys, the the you know super expensive Barbie doll figures, the one six scales, like the fur that's used on here is. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I mean, dude, I, I have the Chewbacca one, which is highly coveted by a lot of people. You can't get them anymore. There's no wait list. You're basically black market if you want them. But he is full hair. I mean, the, the motherfucker, one of his accessories is a comb <laughs> just so you can kind of keep the hair fucking straight. Uh, so you're right. I mean, th- this wicket, a lot of people were kind of getting little chubs for him when they saw him at SDCC. But now that we got the glamour shots... I mean, people have collectively lost their minds, as I am. And yes, I will own this Hot Toys Wicket because I do like the Ewoks. And Return of the Jedi is my favorite film. Fight me. Anyway, so really, the, the big news, at least in collecting land, Nick, I know that's kind of my my niche within the Star Wars Time Show brand, but the big news wasn't just the Wicket glamour shots. I mean, yeah, he's badass. He's come with some cool accessories. He's, he's got some... Uh, drumsticks he's gonna get he looks like he's got a piece of rock or no it's that shit he was eating that leia gave him he's got a spear different hands but the big news was that there's going to be a deluxe pack featuring both wicket 
that we just talked about, as well as Princess Leia decked out in her Endor Rebel Assault gear, which is bad. You know, that's kind of the poncho. She's going to get the helmet. She's also going to have that kind of the, the beige vest with the yellow shirt under it and the blue pants. So there's going to be an individual Leia like this, Nick, but there's also going to be the deluxe version where it's going to be her and Wicket. I'd say a perfect pairing considering... That's kind of how we meet Wicket through Leia when she crashes the speeder bike. So what you get with the deluxe set, Nick, and why this is the one I'm getting, is you actually get the beat-up helmets that you see at the mm. end of Jedi where the Ewoks are using them as drums. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. that is the, that's the, the <laughs> seal-the-deal item. That's right the there. kicker. Yeah. I mean, I was going to get it anyways, but when I saw that that is the exclusive in-collection set item, I was like, okay, you got to do it, especially because Wicked himself Come. ships with the damn drumsticks. Yeah, but so he comes with the drumsticks, so of course you're going to get this. Of course you're going to get this this deluxe set, and you have to take pictures of him playing the drumsticks. Fuck you yeah, know, playing I mean, they've the got helmets. one down here, whoever. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. I mean, I've seen him before. He He's he's on the toy photography scene on IG as well, but he, he typically does a lot of these. But yeah, you got to. Um, I, I will try to, and I'll probably do it, but knowing me, it'll take me about a year to process it. So by the time I actually get it out, people will be like, oh yeah, Wicket, it's fucking old. Who cares? <laughs> That's basically my toy photography life these days. I mean, but anyways, yeah. um, I don't think we have prices on these, just knowing how similar size figures go. I, I bet the Wicket's going to come in probably just under 200, thinking 180, 190. I think the standalone Leia will be about 230. And the deluxe set will probably be around 300, 350, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the types of figures that you're getting here and the level of detail, it's well worth it, especially if you're in the, the collection, you know, the collector uh, community. If you take photography and you do, you know, stage shots and stuff like that, like Matt and others do, I mean, this is totally worth it. Just looking at the, the shots that are included for the deluxe set. It's so amazing. Like these figures are so posable. They like whoever's doing the posing and the and the photography for Hot Toys for these images is doing such a great job because there are things like perfect scene recreations from ROTJ that like you know rivals some of the best photographers that we've seen in the top five. I, mean, I this- believe the guy's name is BG Toys. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's who does it. At least that's his handle on Instagram. And, and you're right. I mean, I need a Leia, so naturally I'm getting this. And as we were talking about with Chewbacca, these these fully furred out Hot Toys 1-6 scale figures are to die for. Once you get them in hand, as Nick said, since they're not humans, you don't have to worry about the, 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 the sculpt being picture perfect. These little alien things are just perfectly suited for high-end figure action. So, I mean, it, ultimately, it's it's the Hot Toys. It's the Black Series of Figure Arts. This is all what led to my death of my Funko Pop love. Yeah. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't justify spending the money on those unposable little chibi things when I'm seeing these literal works of art yeah. that I can get for a couple hundred dollars and literally display and not feel kind of weird that I'm almost 40 and have, you know, 500 Funko Pop dolls down in my basement. Yeah, I mean, again, if anybody wants to buy those Funkos off a of match, just Seriously. reach out. I mean, <laughs> it's almost blue light special time. I mean, you just you roll up with a fucking truck bed, I'll come out with a wheelbarrow and just start dumping them in there. <laughs> and and that, that's what I mean. It will require a truck bed. I mean, we're talking upwards of 600, 700 pops. So. Matt, we may, we may need to, next celebration, my voice cracked a little there, next celebration, we may need to get a 
a vendor license and just yes. set all your stuff up there. Just put. I'll it. just give them away. Like that. That'll be our our special exclusive collectible. Yeah. People are gonna have to have a barcode to get in line early. Oh yeah. To basically get my my collectibles that I don't want anymore. Yeah, I mean, and you have some of the hot items too. I mean. It was a passion of yours for a long time. So oh, you dude, have a I, lot I have of the big ones. day one shit. I mean, I have the first one ever made. I mean, if you are into it, supposedly it's worth eight hundred to a thousand. I mean, I've got some of the Star Wars ones that have been vaulted. You can never get again. Darth Maul, glow in the dark. Darth Maul. I got them all. I just don't want them anymore. I want more <laughs> of these things. I need money for Wicket and Leia. All right. Well, um, we we got about a year to wait on these. I still don't even see pre-orders on Sideshow, but uh, you know when they pop up, I will be throwing that news up on StarWarsTime.net, which you should be checking out anyways, or at least having your social feeds to see when we post new content. And if IG wasn't a communistic platform, you'd be able to click on our links. But until we get 10,000 followers, you can't. So fuck off, IG. <laughs> All right, moving on, dude. This news got me excited today. Uh, it, it, it got me nostalgic, if you will. And, and that's the news that we're getting some updates in September to Star Wars Battlefront 2 that should tickle all fans fancies of this franchise all right so in august there's a few things coming out you're getting some cosmetic updates to the b1s there's a new uh, spawning system being added in but september nick this is where we're getting some legit updates to the game uh first up brand new map felucia and the, the devs have said this is their best effort their best map to date and just based on what we know felucia looks like I, I kind of get what they're saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, Felucia, for those of you who don't remember, if you think back to the the Rots days, it's the planet that Ayala Sakura, the blue... The Isla murder. Yeah, was, you know, the blue Jedi who was killed by Order 66. That happened on Felucia. And if you remember that... It's the Jedi all you young boys probably wanted to have sex with. When you watched <laughs> yeah. the prequels in the 90s. Midriff shirt cut off, yeah, I mean, she was a sexy-ass Twilight Jedi. Yeah, so... And if you remember, I'm attracted to Hera too, and you know, Hera. I'm, I'm kind of into Twi'leks, I guess. Yeah, I know that's that's your deal. I mean, like you know, not gonna lie. I mean, I might even like the Tortugas, right? Or is that is that who uh, Tog, Ahsoka Tog and Shock Ruta, TR? Yeah. Yep, those yeah. are those two. Yeah, <laughs> Ahsoka. You just yeah. got to think for the head for the head tendrils. That's your. I, yeah, man. Who knows? <laughs> Could do some weird stuff with those things, I guess. Oh yeah, you know, anything's anything's possible when you got the. Kanan got into side. it, so he did. It. Can't, and they be, can't be that weird. And they had they had a baby, yeah. so parts yeah. must work, right? <laughs> everything everything fits together with, between a Tagruda, <laughs> a Twi'lek, and a human. Apparently, heck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the map should be badass. I believe it's a capital supremacy style map, so that's the the newer mode. I believe the ships, this, that, and the other thing, but. Yep. Here is the update in September that, that got my nipples hard and got me kind of waxing nostalgic a little bit, Nick. And that is the the addition of a new mode called Instant Action. All right. The name's kind of odd. Maybe that's what it was named before. I don't remember. But all Instant Action is, my friend, is single player, offline, capable, multiplayer. How do you like that? Yeah. So what we used to get in Battlefront, Battlefront 2 proper, you know, back on Xbox, your PS2, that shit. Where you could literally, as a single player, just fire up, join a team of AI, and take on another team full of AI. That has been nixed in DICE's Battlefront and, for the most part, Battlefront 2. But in September, they finally listened. It's coming. We're getting instant action. I mean, this is something that 
I feel like fans of the franchise have been looking for because not everybody wants to jump online and play with kids or play with a team of people that you have to try to coordinate with. And then if you've ever played an online game, specifically a Battlefront game or a, you know, uh, a, a, an online multiplayer shooter like Call of Duty, you know you can just end up in shitty games and it's a shitty time and all you're doing is getting spawn camped and it's just annoying and you fucking hate it. And like you get in and you just immediately. Uh, it's why quit. I don't play multiplayer anything anymore. I mean, there there is a big factor that I'm just not that good. I don't have the time to dedicate to learn the tricks to get better. So, no, I, as Nick said, I don't want to go in and get ass raped nonstop. That's not my idea of a good time. I mean, these days, gaming to me, a good time is tapping fucking swago buttons on my phone like a moron. Yeah. That's All right. <laughs> so, I don't need the action of multiplayer and get my ass kicked by little kids. That's why this, the return to single player multiplayer, that's what I'm calling it, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then. The additional mode that, that's being added in as well as a co-op, a four-player co-op mode where it's essentially like a galactic um, like a galactic conquest mode like you used to play in the original Battlefront 2. So, it's, um, it's mo- so you can play with multiple people. So you can get two people on, get four people on, and then you can play battles across different planets. So you start on one planet, you play through all the missions. If you die, you restart. If you don't, you keep going. And I think you can play across as many as five planets. Right, and in it's, this it's multi- alternating defense offense depending on you know which which side you are. If you're clones, you could be uh, defending Fallujah. Yep. And if, then- if you're the separatists, you'll be defending Geonosis, shit like that. So yeah, I mean that that sounds awesome too. I'm wondering, you know, is let's say it's just you and me. We join up. Will we get paired with two other people to take on four other people in AI? Yeah, I don't know. They weren't very clear about that. I think all they said was four people, like four player co-op, but I don't know if they said you could do it with less. So I would assume that it would pair you. It would pair you off with two others. Yeah, because th- this, again, could alleviate some of the anxiety and stress of playing just the standard multiplayer. Because here, you know, you're at least in a dedicated squad if you have enough friends. I don't. I, mean, <laughs> I could probably get Nick. We might be able to do two. Yeah. Maybe the intern. Might be able to dig his ass out and play some video games. But at least with four people, you know, it could be more fun. At least you could all get your asses kicked together or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It could Uh, be a good time. I'm I'm still, I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm an instant action guy. I cannot wait to sample it because we've talked about this in past casts when we've done our top X video games, listicles, casticles, testicles, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Both of us used to sit around playing Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2 for hours against the computer yeah exactly Just, again kicking the shit out of it i mean to me it was it was kind of a a god complex a skywalker complex if you will for this for this universe i wanted to feel like a fucking badass even if i was just controlling a little rebel commando i still wanted to be able to run around and essentially kill everybody yeah exactly that was the the appeal of the game initially because there was no like you know unless you had a an external modem to hook up to your playstation 2 which you could buy separately like there was no online multiplayer for this kind of stuff. This was all local co-op. So if you had a friend, your friend would come over. He could play. If you had a multi-tap for your PlayStation Two, you could have up to four people play, and that was it. I mean, multi-tap. That was... Remember all the fucking shit, the peripherals you had to oh use just God. the game. It was fucking crazy. And where it is now, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, th- that's what made Battlefront great, though, is that it was never really like 
you know, the PvP was never the the draw no, of that yeah, game. Yeah, it was nothing. I mean, I, I could give a fuck. I mean, to me, it was all about just kicking the shit out of the AI and making me feel like a Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Period. So, That's it. A lot of this stuff is, is really thought out, really good additions by the DICE team. And like I was saying before, they're, they're listening to their player base, which is super important. Because it took a while. I mean, this game's what? This has got to be its years. third year, right? Yeah, it's coming up into its... I think 2020 will be its third. I can't remember if... Or, let me see. Let's look here. BF2. If I can find when this game came out. I thought it was 16 or is it 15 maybe? It's whenever the Xbox One X released. 2000, November 2017. That's it? Yeah. So that was the release date. November 2017. Shit. So it's coming up on the two-year mark, rolling over into the three-year for 2020. But, you know, they have, like, when we first played this game, Matt and I both got it near or on release date. And the best thing that we had to say about it was that there was a actual single-player story mode that gave you new content, that gave you new story content that was super interesting and super engaging. So that was good right out of the bat. Um, After that, after you finish that, you know, roughly 20 to 25-hour campaign, plus the add-ons for... The, um, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what it was called, um, but the, you know, the later years of that campaign where you come in and you play as older Aiden and you get introduced to Kylo Ren, that's kind of where it tapered off. Like Matt and I weren't really interested in playing the, the multiplayer. Well, dude, you remember, I mean, you remember the, the loot box scandal oh, God, yeah. before this game even released. I mean, this game is kind of the game that really kicked the conversation up to a a government level on on loot boxes yeah it was is it a form of gambling i mean it it got to the point where it was just like somebody did math calculations and are like if you wanted to unlock everything in this game you'd have to play for like 350 years or something like that because of the way that the loot box system worked and just the way that unlocks in general work in that game now you could say what you want about it like oh you know that guarantees you endless hours of replay value but it also guarantees that, you know, you're going to feel at some point like you've been putting in too much time and not getting enough out of it. So um, a lot of interesting things that have, you know, come along with Battlefront 2. But then, it, you know, the devs wised up. They decided that it's time to give people value for, for what they paid for. And now a lot, like all of this content that we're getting now, all of these monthly updates, community updates, these are all free. You don't have to pay for this. This is not DLC, paid DLC. This is free update content. You don't have to worry about ever shelling out another dollar for the game. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how this goes down September. Maybe Nick and I will even try to do like a, a joint play here so we can talk about it, but... It's this instant action is what I've been looking for, and the one thing we also didn't mention September, uh, the Clone Commando unit is coming into the game as well. So September is going to be a huge month for Battlefront Two, as it leads into its content for the Rise of Skywalker, which will kind of end out the season of content in 2019. All right, man. So moving on to again, these are rumorish type of things, but this the stuff we like to get in. We we like to kind of get in with the slop, the pigs, the, the people out there either doing clickbait or just wanting to speculate to have fun like Nick and I. And, and we got something last week on the Game of Thrones duo. So again, that's DB and David, the, the guys that wrote 
and did a pretty good job on the HBO Game of Thrones series until the last season. But uh, we we've known this, Nick. Now they they got their own trilogy. We've been speculating that they may be involved in the co-tour stuff that we've heard about. But um, again, they got a trilogy. This story is now saying that while they will kind of do a general treatment for the trilogy, they're probably at this point only going to be responsible for writing one of the three films. Yeah, it's it's an interesting move. It's an interesting piece of speculation here, especially after the big announcement that now that they're finished with HBO, they've signed a deal with Netflix. They've essentially That's huge. I, I, yeah. What was it like? Almost a half a billion dollar oh, deal. Yeah, uh, I think it was like three hundred million. Three hundred million dollars, five years, um, ten projects over eight eighteen months or something like that. Um, oh wait, or is that somebody else? So like, it's a huge deal. It's a either way, it's a big commitment. Yeah. So. What, what was interesting about that is that we had already known, we've known for a while, like you said, Matt, that they, they signed on to do Star Wars. So now there's some speculation out there that their involvement with the Star Wars franchise that they're building is going to be a little bit less intensive than we first thought. Like initially we thought, okay, these guys are going to write, possibly even direct one or all of these movies. Now with this mega Netflix deal, we're lucky, we may be lucky if we get these guys to write one movie and then produce the next two, if that's how it's going to go. So, um, it's well, Here's kind of my take, dude. I, I want to see where you're at, and, you know, mine's kind of written there, but I see this as a good thing. I also see it as just straight clickbait shit. Fans like, ha, 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 watch this, you know. People are angry at Game of Thrones guys. They're making fun of them for their writing. So we, we could probably put this out there and it'll stick because it would make sense. Uh, but again, here's my take. If it is true, and this is how it's going, this is the new deal, where they are going to provide a treatment for the trilogy but only write one, guess what? Sounds fucking fantastic. Yeah. Th- this is what we are missing in the sequel trilogy. And, and I am a sequel trilogy fan. I'm a Disney Star Wars fan. It's, I feel like we've reached that point now where you have to say that to people so they either don't start spewing hate at you or they can just hate you immediately and tune you out so they don't get pissed off you know what i mean yeah like star wars is is, is starting to become fucking political which blows where it's essentially you like disney star wars or you don't and if you're on either side you can't get along anymore yeah it's pretty fucking annoying either way they fucked that up there should have been a a core writing team hello the story group Somebody, JJ, should have provided a treatment for the three movies. A treatment is not the whole script. It's just this is going to happen in A, it's going to move in B, it's going to resolve in C, right? Yeah. We didn't have that. We had, hey, have at it. You're an artist, you're an artist, you're an artist, you're a director, you're a director, you're a director, and you all three write. Fuck it, go ahead, do what you want. It was. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit what you do in your film and how it's going to impact his film, right? They, they didn't give so much a shit that the directors were basically getting themselves fired over not having story elements present because the guy before him fucking wiped them out. Yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. So I, I do agree with you. If there is, if that's the plan for them to write a cohesive, like a treatment, like saying these are the beats that we have to hit, these are the characters that will be there throughout you know, the journey of the movie and just giving a generalized outline that people have to follow – then I would be okay with it. Like if they are the first ones, if they do the first movie and then they lay the groundwork properly 
four movies two and three, then I'm all for it. But if this ends up being like another, you know, another situation like we're in now where they do one and then, you know, Matthew Vaughn comes in and does one and then somebody else comes in and does one and they're all just telling their own take on where they think that, you know, this trilogy should go, then it's going to be a mess. Um, I just want there to be some sort of consistency. And I think if the guys stay on as producers, which is what they're used to. I mean, they wrote and produced Game of Thrones, not even wrote every episode. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I think they directed too a few. I know they, at yeah. least each season, they would direct one or two here. And I'm, I, I know it's funny. It, it's kind of fresh now to be making fun of these guys. In the end, everyone fucking loved these dudes until Game of Thrones season eight. So for about nine years, everyone thought they were untouchable. Yeah. Uh, I've questioned some of the shit they've done throughout because I had read the books, but really the past three seasons, it's been their vision. Uh, now, I guess they, they did kind of suck when they didn't have fucking when they didn't Martin have shit to go off of because season off seven of. wasn't that great either. Yeah, once they uh, lost the source material. Super fast, super convenient type of shit. Either way, people like these guys. These guys got to where they're at for a reason. It's not like they're a bunch of fucking bozos, okay? Um, so if this is true, I, I'm all for it, and I, I think this is probably the best way you could handle these guys, especially with the stink they have on themselves now with Game of Thrones season eight. Yeah, you know, bring them in; they're talented. Clearly, they, they can put together a massive team that can do some impressive shit. Just let them do that. Let, let them almost be showrunners that just so happen to provide the overarching story in addition to fully writing one episode. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out, especially considering, you know, the timeline for the next Star Wars series to start post-Tross. Now, we don't... It's so far away at this point, Nick. I don't even feel like Star Wars is going to be around anymore. I I feel like (laughs) we're going into the post-2005 black hole. Yeah, I mean, it's the dark... It's a a shortened dark age again. I know. I keep forgetting about all of Disney Plus and yay, 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 Clone Wars, yay. But, I mean, come on. We're we're not... After this December, think about it, because it's been a few years now. I mean, we've been going since, what, 2015? Yep where we've had a, a Star Wars movie every year since then. We're, we're going on a three-year break, yeah. my friends. Three years, gone. Gone. I know some of you are probably applauding that, going, yeah, we won. I don't get that. I, I would rather have questionable Star Wars than no Star Wars, and I can't even call any of what Disney's been doing questionable. I, I, I've enjoyed most of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've enjoyed damn near everything that Disney's put out here. And the thing is, is that they're, they're doing content for everybody. They're not just doing content for people our age. They're not just doing content for, you know, that, teens. Dude, let's, let's be real. They're absolutely not doing content for us anymore. I mean, <laughs> the, the, they're doing shit <clears throat> for the new generations. Yeah. hundred percent. And that, that's, that's fine. I, I've gotten over that. I, I like, this new generation content. I, I'm still not a fan of the prequel new generation content, but it's, it's kind of the same deal. It, it, Star Wars almost reboots itself every 10, 15 years to introduce it to a new group of little ones. It oh, just, yeah. You, you got to rely on people like myself and Nick to show our own little ones, if Nick ever has any, or his dogs. <laughs> this is Star Wars. Right? Yeah. This is how it is. And, and I've never put any ill will or, or ill thoughts into my kid's head about the prequels. I let her watch them. I, I let her decide when she wanted to watch the movies. I, I'm pretty sure she, her first movie ever was Empire Strikes Back. 
and then we did Star Wars, and then we did Jedi. And then I started showing her prequels, and she had no interest in them whatsoever outside of Jar Jar Binks. I mean, this is, again, they're made for kids. They're kind of stupid. Attack of Clones, I think, put her to bed. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, she could give a shit. The only one she liked was Phantom Menace. Because so. that was the heaviest Jar Jar movie. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. But my, my point being is that Disney is not trying to make 40, 50, 60-year-old men happy with their narrative decisions at this point. No. Nope. They don't care. <laughs> I mean, we're – me in particular, I, I keep lumping Nick into my old ass, but, I mean, we're not even close. I mean, I'm going to be 40 in a fucking year. Yeah, I'm, I just I, I'm starting. I'm starting to fall out of the money demographic, man. Like, I'm, I'm coming out of that 18 to 46 thing. I'm getting it on the high end. Yeah, so, I mean, there's – you know – they know what they're doing. Disney knows that in order for Star Wars to, to last the test of time, you have to capture the younger demographic, and that's what they're doing. So, like, everybody out there who's 50-plus years old and they're bitching about Star Wars, guess what? Disney really don't give that much of a fuck they, about They you. really don't care. Like, they you don't. are going to be dead before Star Wars is finished. <laughs> so, like... And, and I, as much as I love the Skywalkers, that they are Star Wars. It, it's... It's end. It's over. They've had their run. I mean, 40-plus years of films and cartoons and this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to miss it. The new stuff is going to have to be fucking excellent and treat the universe accordingly. Uh, But if done right, I think the new Star Wars stuff coming from the Game of Thrones buddies, the Disney Plus, the Ryan Johnsons of the world, who else knows could get other projects? I think they could be fantastic. I don't know how you completely avoid anything related to the Skywalker saga. I'm just talking about legend, this, that, or the other thing. Nick and I brought this up. If you are going to do this shit and completely not feature anyone from the Skywalker saga, you can't just treat it as they never existed. Yeah, I mean... right. That'd be like saying that America never existed in the time of man. I mean, you can't just delete all the history that the Skywalkers brought yeah. to the Star Wars franchise. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, that's a good pivot point to go into our next you know, topic here. And that's exactly what Ryan Johnson is talking about is that Man, his, it's almost like we're professionals. Yeah, it's like we've been doing a podcast like this for like four plus years or something. So, you know, every now and then we can get a, a segue right on the nose like right. that. <laughs> and then we call it out because we're not professionals. And we're like, holy shit, we did something right. We, we made a good transition here. Right. But right. Uh, it wasn't just like some jerk off tangent that made no sense. <laughs> anyway. Ryan Johnson, obviously, has been out there. He's talking a little bit about his upcoming trilogy. He was speaking to the... Better watch out, Nick. Did anyone throw a brick at your head when you said his name? I don't know. I, I, I'm on a third floor okay, of an I apartment know. building. All right. So it's I, pretty... I'm literally, I'm, I'm looking behind my back to make sure Pete doesn't have a shiv and he's going to stab it. You got to be careful. in my kidney or something. When you talk about Ryan Johnson and Star Wars <laughs> you, land... Dude, holy, holy are... triggering, man. Yeah. I mean, literally, his name is just a trigger now for Star Wars it, fans. It, it, it's pretty insane considering the level of excellence that is seen in in the last jedi look you can say what you want about story beats that are in there but that movie itself is a fantastic piece of filmmaking and you know ryan deservedly has his own trilogy i mean you know jj got two out of three in this one and we'll see what happens in tross tfa is one of my favorite star wars movies of all time and I really feel like Ryan, given the sandbox and given the opportunity to say, hey, 
this is now your series of movies. You do with it what you want. You don't have to use Luke Skywalker. You don't have to use Rey. You don't have to use any of the characters that we've ever seen before. You make Star Wars what you want Star Wars to be. I really do think that this guy's going to kill it because he has a mind that can create story and create intrigue in a, in yeah, a fantastic And he's clearly life. a super fan of the franchise. And I know that might sound weird to some people because they think he just came in and, and slit everyone's throats and pissed on their faces. Uh, but this is kind of what he said. So he was talking to Observer, and he, he's just clarifying, like, what, what's this trilogy going to be about? Is there going to be anything in there? You know, we've Kathleen's hinted that maybe this the sequel cast could pop up again. That sounds like it definitely won't be Ryan's project because he, here's his exact quote. I think that the fun and challenging part of it is to dive in, figure out what's exciting, and then figure out what it's going to be. We're doing something that steps beyond the legacy characters. What does that look like? To me, the blue sky element of it is what most striking about it. I know the way that I'm coming at it and what's fun about it for everyone in Lucasfilm is figuring out what's the next step. It really makes you think and figure out what the essence of Star Wars is for me and what that will look like moving forward. I mean, that is what he said there at the end, the essence of Star Wars. What is the essence of Star Wars? The only time that we've really ever explored the essence of Star Wars outside of what we know from the cartoon series and the movies is through the video games and specifically right, exactly. the Knights of yeah. the Old Republic video games. Because everything else that we've ever seen, even in video game land, has been connected in some way to the Skywalkers, Empire, the the Republic, the, you know. Yeah, I mean, outside of the KOTORs, you're yeah, 100% I mean, correct. So those are the only two pieces of Star Wars, you know, media, visual media out there that's ever gone beyond the the Skywalker aspect of things and really dug down to what is the essence of Star Wars. And when they did that, they created two of the best Star Wars video games of all time. Like, you can say what you want about KOTOR 2. I know that there are some people out there who don't like it. But the characters that were created in that game were fantastic. Darth Sion, Darth Nihilus, Darth Treya. I, I mean, they're, they're my best friends, the Triumvirate. I mean, I roll with them in my pocket every day on Swigo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're my homies, man. helpful people when you're climbing up the, uh, the squad arena ladder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to be most interesting here is to see. And that I, I, I love how you frame that, Nick, because that should even get haters excited. I mean, just, just pretend it's not Ryan Johnson, all right? I know some of you can't even get beyond that, and that, that's whatever. That's, you're going to have to go seek help for that. Pretend it's not Ryan Johnson. Just think about the potential of getting something like Nick explained, KOTOR, that was fresh, no ties to the Skywalker saga at all. Now, I'm not saying KOTOR. I'm saying think about, okay, let's do the opposite of KOTOR. Let's flash forward a thousand years. What does the Star Wars universe look like now? Okay? That gets me excited. What does a thousand years post the Rise of Skywalker look like? Are the Skywalkers even mentioned anymore? Did, it, did, the, did the history books even talk about the, the Grand Republic, the Old Republic, the First Order, the New Republic? You know what I mean? Like That's, that's the stuff I want to learn. And, and going back to my original point, Nick, it's those little things. Like, yes, can Ryan do a movie a thousand years in the future and it'd be awesome? I, I 100% think so. But I at least want one element in that film where, say, the main character is in their bedroom, they have a... Uh, the Bible of the Skywalkers or something. Yeah. 
They, yeah. they don't talk about it. They don't directly reference it. It's just an Easter egg to tie this brand new, fresh, legacy-less content to the legacy-infused stuff that got us all into Star Wars in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, things like that is the perfect way to pay homage to the original Star Wars, the original Star Wars saga where everything started. So if you see, like, a, you know, maybe... You know, like you said, we see the interior of a building and it's like a, a library or a museum or something like that. And you see a hollow, you know, exactly. image of Luke Skywalker or of Ray exactly. or of, you know, exactly. you know, something like 100%. that. 100%. That's all I want. I, I don't want something. I don't want him to get too cute or anyone in the future that's going to be doing legacy less Star Wars. Don't go too cute and be like, yeah, we're, we're not even going to fuck it. It doesn't even exist. Fuck it. We don't even know about it. And I, I honestly think that's where he could be going. Like, hey, we're in the unknown regions. It, fuck the Skywalkers. They, they were multiple systems away. Who gives a shit? Uh, but really, based on what he's saying here, Nick, I, I think he knows what's going on. I mean, it, the essence of Star Wars to me, and I think to everybody, is good versus evil with some mysticism mixed in there. Exactly. Right? I mean, that, that's that's the essence. Yeah, exactly. And it's set in space. It's a It's a... It's a morality play. Like people like the the good thing about Star Wars is it makes you question morality. Like, you know, that was the whole story of Anakin Skywalker and himself. It's like he he's questioning his morality. Should he do a bad thing to save somebody that he loves? Does should he stay on the good path even though he knows that that person is going to die? Like questioning his morality, questioning his 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 leanings questioning his allegiances is always kind of been the crux of a good star wars story and that's something that we even see in in the sequel trilogy when we look at it you look at kylo ren like this time it's flipped you don't have a good character and like you did in anakin skywalker questioning turning to the bad side you have this character in kylo ren who's always struggling this bad character struggling with the pull to the good and it's, it's one of those consistent themes in everything that you've seen, even in KOTOR. KOTOR is literally a game that allows the player to pick their morality choices. Do you want to be good? Do you want to be bad? And see how this affects the galaxy around you. So th- I think, like you said, Ryan is a diehard fan of Star Wars, just like we are. If we know this, then Ryan for sure knows this. Yeah. So I'm super excited to see what he comes up with because it is it's a it's a playground it's a star wars themed playground and all he has to do is is just take those themes that essence and then build something brand new out of it so it's going to be really really cool yeah he's he's got a huge job it's not just the actual work it's all the fucking nudniks he's gonna have to convince and i don't know if he can i mean they're like hank my boy the stunt guy fucking hates ryan johnson's guts (laughs) hates his guts i mean anything he even sees or hears of this guy he almost starts vomiting hank again there's a lot of people like that 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 are triggered by the guy's name now so i mean he could he could create magic and people like that will probably still be like hey fuck him i hate his guts he sucks i think what's probably going to happen with his with his trilogy is depending on when it comes out so i mean like if we get gopros first and then we so we would I, I do I, I think they're gonna let they're gonna give some years for Ryan. Yeah, I mean like if you do the God Bros trilogy like it was laid out in that in the schedule that we talked about probably two months ago where you have a a year break between each one, 
you have six years of buffer between when the first Got Bros movie comes out and when the earliest possible release of Ryan Johnson can come out. Because, well, I mean, Iger still only detailed their plans up through, what, 2025 or 2026? They're, they're basically going Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar. Star Wars. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you get three Star Wars movies interspersed with Avatar Four every Avatars. other year. Yeah. And then after that, so you would assume there that, was nothing. I mean, there's there's at least nothing on their roadmap at this point. Yeah. So I do think that what's going to end up happening is if there's still a lot of bad sentiment out there for Ryan, Disney has to expect a low box office for his first one. You just have to expect it. Like there are going to be people out there who still remember their feelings about TLJ, their feelings about Ryan Johnson as a human being for some reason, fucking nutcases. But you have to expect a low box office. And then what you have to really hope for is that people say fuck it after they see the movie so like you make 500 million on the first box office and you settle and then you wait for home release you wait for hbo you wait for these streaming services people see it there and they're like holy no way. fuck we, we already we already know that they're not fans of waiting i mean Oh, yeah. No, they're not. They didn't wait on Solo. I mean, as soon as Solo didn't make a jillion dollars, they're like, all right, fuck it. Star Wars story's done. Fuck all this Solo done. Fuck you. It's all canceled. Yeah. I mean, I'm. (laughs) They they don't wait. They're not going to wait for this shit to go to home release. If it it bombs in the theaters, they're going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I really hope that they give it. I mean, I hope that they've learned their lesson, first off. Uh, You know, I don't think that any franchise is bulletproof. I mean, people can talk about Marvel all they want, but. If you go look at a lot of these Marvel movies, there were some disappointing box offices in there. There was Ant-Man, not that strong of a box office. Thor 2, again, not great. Even Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 had like a pretty weak box office showing. I mean, there's a lot of movies within that universe that were weak. The thing with Star Wars is when a Star Wars movie doesn't make a billion dollars immediately, it's a panic moment for Disney. Oh, yeah, it's a, like, it's a thing. I mean, there... A lot of people forget the, the 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 power of Star Wars, the legs of Star Wars. I mean, we're talking about a franchise that started in the '70s, and it's still just as strong, if not a thousand times stronger, in 2019. The MCU, for as awesome as it is, and for as relevant as it is, it's just a little over 10 years old at this point. Yeah, and. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot more fucking movies in it, but that's because of the characters and the nature of the beast. So, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's knows? it's going to be super interesting to see, one, when Ryan kicks in, like when he gets his first shot back on a big screen for, for Disney in Star Wars, and it's going to be interesting to see the, the critical reception and the, the fan reception. I think the critics are going to be all in because they were all in on TLJ. Oh, they, they loved them before, yeah. but you can't say that now because then people are like, oh, yeah, fucking Disney pays them off. Yeah. Suck a dick. And then... Fans are right. Fan the menace, blah. Yeah, fan, fan reception is going to be interesting, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what can be done here, what Ryan's, what is in Ryan's head, basically, because I think he's got a lot of cool ideas swirling around up there, and he wanted to get some of them out in TLJ, and he did, and some people didn't like it. But I think (laughs) you think, but dude, I think like if you, if that movie, if you take TLJ and you insert that into his new trilogy and those characters that were in play, there were legacy lists as we're saying. Exactly. People would have fucking loved it. it. 
I mean, honestly, if he would have just let Luke Skywalker maybe kill one person, I think people would have been all right. Yeah, like if you because I think when you break it down to it, it it's all goes back to Luke. A lot of people that were the biggest butt hurt over Luke and Luke not essentially being Rambo and ready to rip his shirt off and fucking knock heads. <laughs> I, that's what they wanted. Yeah. I, I I don't ever I don't know that version of Luke, but that's I think what people are like. Hey, he's a fucking master now. He's just gonna show up and start snapping shit out of the sky. He's yeah. gonna be a fucking god. And it's like no. No, he's an angry old asshole that fucking hates everybody and hates himself. He's a broken man, and that's just yeah. something that he's, people he's, did he's never expected to see out of Luke Skywalker. That's right. it's just like a jarring thing when you see this character. Who's it does. Been, I mean, yeah, I I just told Nick I had to watch Empire and Jedi back to back to back to back today. I'm not kidding. It literally went Empire Jedi Empire Jedi because I'm I'm watching a three year old. And and Luke really is just kind of a, a whiny asshole. That always goes against what people are telling him to do, and it always gets him fucked up and almost everyone killed. I mean, that's who he <laughs> is. Literally, that's who he is. Yeah. I mean, I just it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting time for Star Wars once we get to the, it's, I, the hey, RJ. I, I don't give a shit about all these other people where it literally ruins their days and they try to ruin everyone else's days. It, it doesn't work on me anymore. I mean, it makes me sad to read comment sections, but that's my own fucking fault. You don't read comment sections. They're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Please, more Star Wars. Let's do it. Let's All do right. It. Speaking of more Star Wars, Nick, and, and this one's been probably the, the biggest rumor of the past seven days in Star Wars land, and that is the idea that Ewan McGregor has reportedly signed a deal with Disney Plus for a Kenobi series. All right. So does this surprise anyone if it's real? Again, it's still not real. And it shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, all you have to do is listen to the Star Wars time bros to understand that Disney Plus had a third live-action series planned. Iger has said as much, and it just makes sense that Kenobi would be the guy, especially if the whole Star Wars story Kenobi project was real and got canned because of Solo, this, that, and the other thing. So really the gist of the rumor, Nick, is that Hugh McGregor's on to do a Kenobi spinoff tv series for disney plus it could range anywhere from six to eight episodes and he may or may not direct a few of them so what do you think i mean i think that this is a fucking home run if this is true yeah i mean it's a no-brainer if it's real right i mean this is a no fucking brainer it's exactly what nick and i have been asking for and we literally just did a podcast uh, a few weeks back where we riffed on the potential third live-action Disney Plus series, and we pretty much said, yeah, we would love to see Vader, we'd love to see Fett, this, that, and the other thing, but in reality, it's got to be Kenobi. Yeah, it's got to be Kenobi because Kenobi is the best one to tell in long-series television format. We we know where it's going to pick up. Like, this isn't going to be Kenobi pre-fucking episode one. No, this is going to be Kenobi post three pre six where everything we want to know about obi-wan kenobi happens we see obi-wan at his two he's going to be the nomad he's going to be the desert wanderer the the living in the judlin waste yeah exactly like where we see obi-wan kenobi in live action format so far is probably in the two most uninteresting parts of his life like in this in the area of you know the the clone wars and the grand republic 
which all he is is a Jedi master who raises Anakin Skywalker. So he's not even a central figure. Well, he also says hello there. He does in a very that, honestly. I, I'm being serious. I love the line, but that's really the only thing most people remember of Obi Wan Kenobi from the prequels. I know is right? that he says hello there. Hello there. <laughs> It's just, I mean, like, look, you, you nailed the line, but like, oh, it's fantastic, <laughs> and, and his two finger pose. Oh yeah, the the lightsaber over the head with the with the two finger. Yeah, the peace sign. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. But now, if in this series we get to see Obi Wan in his most interesting time of his life, this is when he is one of two surviving Jedi in the universe. He right, is probably prote- living a life of, of shame, disappointment, and not much hope. Yeah, and he is he is essentially tasked with protecting the only hope for the galaxy left, and that's Luke Skywalker and himself, and himself. and the and the knowledge that he and Yoda are still alive. I mean, I, I, clearly, when you get to A New Hope, Vader had no clue that Kenobi was still milling around. I mean, he he, he his exact line is like, "There's a." He's looking around like fucking stormtroopers is going to have any idea what the fuck he's feeling, you know? Yeah. He's like, I, I haven't felt this presence since. And he walks away. He's like, all right, shit, I haven't felt that since he left my ass on the high ground debacle. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think, well, first off, this story has gotten so much traction. I think we picked it up pretty early directly from Bestman Bulletin where it came out of. Um, and Bestman Bulletin got his news from, from Jordan Mason at Cinelinks, um, who says that he, you know, just Jordan guy says that he's got double confirmation, two sources saying that this is real. So that's basically, you know, what people look for at this point. Do you have two sources saying it's real? Okay. Then it's probably real. Um, but there's been nothing from, there's nothing from Disney. There's nothing from Lucasfilm yet. So that's just put that out there. It's like, this is not confirmed. A lot of people think that it started leaking, you know, a few days ago because something may have gotten out for some D23 marketing or or announcements because that's coming up clearly here in three days. Uh, If you are going to get and if anything official on Kenobi, I I think you would get it here, especially because of all the rumors. But they could also just be like, hey, fuck it, whatever. It's free press for us. We can we can sit on this all the way till Celebration 2020 if we want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the. they don't. They, I mean, think about it. They'll have assholes like you and me sitting here, like just promoting this project for free. For yeah, for a whole year. Yeah, just speculating to. on it, and then they're gonna come out and be like, "Oh yeah, hey, by the way, we, this is in production. It's coming out in a year. We're almost done." Yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason for them to announce it right now. There's enough content for the D23 for you know the upcoming you know rest of this year that they don't need to go out and announce a fucking obi-wan kenobi series because we have trust we have the mandalorian we have this the casting andor series we have the return of clone wars we have everything like that that's already slated and announced if you announce if you officially announce obi now all you'll be doing is saying like yes it's happening you probably won't get it for two or three years so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle um the the whole you know official announcement is it real is it not real if they even acknowledge any of this news because this was picked up by some of the biggest outlets out there i mean you know you had yahoo on this i believe that the hollywood reporter picked it up as well like there's a lot of big news outlets that are talking about this but um yeah i mean no confirmation but it's basically like like we've been saying it's a no-brainer like Ewan's in. He's saying he's 
been interested in, in reviving this role for a while and everybody wants it. Like when the Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone was teased, that was the thing that everybody was most excited about. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I hope it's a done deal because this is what you and I have been pining for in terms of if we're not getting Kenobi Star Wars story, he makes the most sense for live action TV. And as you said, it's, um, to me, it could almost play out like the Mandalorian for long form TV. I mean, he's kind of a wanderer. He's he's got to stay hidden in this lawless type of world. I mean, this this would be right when the Empire spawns. So there's all sorts of fucked up shit going on. Uh, even if it's a few years after that, I mean, he he's still got to stay hidden. Sand people, bounty hunters, the Lars family, little Luke. So, come on, Disney. Give us the word so we can start speculating on what we're going to see instead of just wondering if it's real or not, right? Because that's really what we want to start doing. We want to start figuring out the story that we want to write, that we want to see. So when we get it and it's not that, we can burn it all down like (laughs) everyone else and tell everyone how fucking stupid Disney is because they didn't come up with our ideas. Exactly. All right, so Nick, uh, it's that time of the cast where we're moving on to the fandom segment, the money segment, the top five, where we heap praise upon those of you that are daring enough to get down and dirty, or maybe down and creative with your hobby or your passion for Star Wars. So uh, every week I line them up on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show, hashtag Star Wars Time Show, or just tag Star Wars Time Show to try and get yourself featured. And then Nick, at the end of the week, goes down and picks his five favorite features a week. There's no rank. There's no best. There's no worst. Really, anyone that gets on to the page is putting out some pretty badass Star Wars art. We, we just like to highlight some of the ones that really stood out for a particular week. So, Nick, this is covering 8.9 to 8.16. Why don't you go ahead and kick off the top five? Kicking off the top five this week is a fantastic... This is actually you know something that popped up on the top five for the first time a couple of weeks ago, but this is a a Vader Anakin crossover. So think back to rebels when you have the fight between Vader and Ahsoka shit, dude, I didn't even realize that, that Anakin's face was popping out here. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can see it. I just, I mean, (laughs) hell I fucking shared the shot in the first place. And I I really just thought it was Vader. Yeah. But like I was saying, it's shit. Okay. It's that half Anakin, you know, Anakin's face coming out of the mask and then Vader, the rest of the, I, I liked how, um, was it Sipon Nexwarnerin? Yes, C I P O N X W A R N E R. Sipon Nexwarnerin. Yes, I-, I like how he kind of flipped the lighting then because exactly. he kept the blue on Vader but the red on Anakin. That- that's an interesting choice. Exactly. I mean, it's it makes you think about the character in an interesting way because, like, you know, in you know, in human form and fully functional Anakin Skywalker form, he was full of piss and vinegar. He was leaning to the dark side and, uh, you know, ultimately made his decision to fall to the darkness. And then as Vader, he realized his mistakes. He realized the oh errors. Look of how his deep ways. Nick's getting, man. That, that's almost like a, a psychologist take on this. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting that's, little He's getting thought. shrinky here. I like that. <laughs> that's deep shit, man. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thought project and like, it's really cool the way that you mentioned, like he the 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 lights, the the hues are on the opposing sides. Even the the saber itself is split between red and I blue. Know. 
Dude, f- hear me out here. Do you feel like if we put on an old school pair of 3D glasses, this thing would almost pop out of the screen? Holy shit, I didn't even think of that. It might. You remember that? You <laughs> yeah. remember old 3D where it's red and blue, and basically that's what the image was, is red and blue, and then you put it together, it would make it pop? Yeah, yeah. I It might just do that. We might get a little bit of 3D action here. We, we have to ask. I'm still blown away that the fucking Anakin's vase is showing. And I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that until was... Until now. Literally until now. That was the reason that I grabbed this one. So this is a super strong shot. I mean, this is a very basic menacing Vader pose. So standing there, he's got the lightsaber ignited. Well, I like the caption side. he gave it. Who am I? Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, dude. It's it's some strong stuff here by Sipon X Warren Aaron. Well, he seems to be buddies with a few of our other... Um, Star Wars fans of Star Wars time. They, they, they've given themselves a hashtag now. They're the SW Junkies ID. Yeah. And it's Buff Trooper, who we've featured. Yeah. Uh, Babbitt K. Pick, I don't think so, but 030079 AR we have yeah. and Griandra. So, yeah. It's spreading. It's, he, he, I guarantee you got the tag from those dudes. So, we appreciate being tagged, man. This again, this shot is Sip on Next Warnerin. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. All right. Next up, going down a little bit, a a fantastic pose shot using a diorama by Blainer. At okay, so I don't exactly know how he did this because Blainer is someone he he's one of these kind of Photoshop kings where he can either composite stuff into existing backgrounds or, or really blend stuff in using just like a digital asset. Yeah. So if you look at, I'm oh, just trying yeah. to look here. The people if you look, look at how real. these guys are and how low the people are. Yeah, I'm assuming this is just a a shot of of Galaxy's Edge. Man, when I looked at, so like I didn't really look at the bottom of the picture, like around their legs at first, but like when I looked up and I looked at the walls, it looked like a real diorama. Oh, I agree, and I'm not <laughs> like, trying to call anything out shit. here. I just. I've tried this stuff myself, and it's hard because of humans. Yeah. But if you just look at, if you look beyond the subjects, which your eyes aren't supposed to, I mean, your eyes will be drawn right to the, what are these fuckers called? The mountain, mountain troopers. troopers. Yeah. Which is, I mean, what you should do if you're doing the rule of thirds and all that fun stuff. But if you, you know, kind of look beyond the, the focus and the subject, you, you can see just the way the normal humans are. Yeah, I can see uh, it now. Yeah, I see it. So him. it's almost like he set a, set them up on a trash can or literally just found an image or took an image and then superimposed these guys in. But either way, I, I think the reason you appreciate it is the same reason I did. It, it's just their pose. And yeah. They do look like they're kind of walking through the streets of Baku getting ready to shake some motherfuckers down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this looks fucking awesome i mean i really do like the pose i really do like how he was able to capture that galaxy's edge feel like this almost diorama like feel with an image See, i'm wondering if he used a tilt shift on the background picture to kind of make it look miniature and, and blurred out and then then dumped in the mountain troopers either way like i said it's it's beyond my digital processing skills or knowledge so i just go wow I wish I could do stuff like this. <laughs> I can only set stuff up and light a firework off behind it and hope it looks all right. Hey, you know, a lot of good stuff comes from that. Ask Sir Dork. Sir Dork is. I, I got I got some really good feedback on it. I did a Grievous shot this week and I put it out. It's very everything Kylo. I mean, I definitely I give him credit. This is a 
it's a shot that I would say was inspired by by Jesse's use of crackling balls and just kind of the way he shoots stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I guess I should just edit all the fucking fireworks shots I've been sitting on like an asshole. <laughs> that seems to be what people like. I'm finally getting over 300 likes again, and people actually comment. And it's like, hey, no wonder when I share shit that's two fucking years old and doesn't reflect my current skill set. But either way, <laughs> I digress. Blainer, fantastic shot. Uh, I've always been a fan of his work because, like I said, he, he's usually doing some form of compositing or digital manipulation. Yeah. For sure. Looks very, very solid. So next up, we have a shot from Darth Kikucho. D-A-R-T-H-K-I-K-U-C-H-O. And what's really cool here is that it's like, so this is clearly like, it's like a boba. This is the boba figure, but he's spray painted. It's a prototype. No, this is actually, this is rooted in legit lore, Nick. Okay. The very first Boba Fett costume was all white. It's it's known affectionately as prototype Fett. Okay. So this is a legit figure that is colored this way. Oh, wow. Okay, see, so yeah, yeah. I assume yeah. that this was just like Fett and he painted it. No, but it, it is canon, like, or I guess canon for props, but yeah. I mean, the, the initial Boba costume was all white like this. That would look sick if they actually went with that. But this shot, you know, is showing... The, the prototype Boba then using his jetpack, kind of flying up, firing a shot. And what really kind of makes it is the, the setting of this. It looks like he's almost in a waterfall. Like right. you can see water coming down. You can see that he's floating above water, almost like a, like he would be on Camino or something like that. Something similar to like, you know where we saw Jango Fett fighting uh fighting obi-wan kenobi totally i just it's the pose for me man yeah. i mean it's it's very hard to make inanimate objects pieces of plastic look like they're flying based on a pose and that's exactly i mean you could see it here it's almost like he just hit the jetpack to kick up real quick get some space between him and his target as as kind of like he's floating away and firing, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And that's what the, the pose elicits that feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a super strong pose. Really captures the action that you see when you see Boba Fett fighting or you see Django fighting. I mean, like it's a really fantastic, you know, f- photograph that really does capture the action, like you mentioned. So it was super fun and just you know, like you mentioned, the coloring of the prototype armor set kind of it, it has this cool blending effect with the background and with the water i just think that the shot overall is super strong everything about it looks really dope yeah plus the name darth kakucho it's a good one that's a good one like cooch 331 <laughs> followers so it's like a relatively you know oh yeah now we we're starting to attract some of the baby accounts fresh ones which i love yeah I mean, yeah so come, come to us we, we do not shy away from low follower accounts. We don't give a fuck. All we're looking for is interesting Star Wars art, be it toy photography, regular photography, art, tattoos. It doesn't matter. Yep. If it's Star Wars, we want to look at it. And if we love it, we'll feature it. It'll be right here. So well done, Darth Kikucho. Solid, solid work. All right, next up, number three on the top five here i think this is this i i have a lot of my personal favorites nick just being in this for years and years and just coming across people's work over and over and watching them get better and better i have a feeling a sith load of lego is one of your favorite accounts oh dude i i love a sith load of lego sith load of lego 
you know, Lego Star Wars Tong, these guys who can take these Lego figures and make them look like they're fucking on a battlefield fighting, doing real action oriented things. It's just, they're, they're fucking incredible. So this shot that we see here from a Sith Lord Lego is Anakin Skywalker jumping. He's like in the air, got his lightsaber ignited, pulled back, ready to come down and strike. He's <laughs> flanked by clone troopers. looks like I we have, it. I mean like, and it, is that Shakti or is that Ahsoka in the background? It, that, that's Ahsoka. Okay, it's Ahsoka. Because so, they look familiar. Yeah, like Rex similar. is with them. Yep. See, it, it's it's uh, Anakin and Rex in the foreground. And then Ahsoka's leading some uh, Generation 1 clones in the background. Yeah, I mean, it is super It's fun. fucking money. I, I mean, like you said, anytime I see stuff from a Sith Lota Lego, Star Wars Tong, Hugh Hughes, you name it. It makes me want to shoot Legos, but I, I know I could not do this. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I don't I don't have the fucking the posing mind. I just I love that what he did with Anakin. It's fucking boss, dude. And like even like the, down to the smallest details too, like the the sparks coming out of the hilt of the of the lightsaber right, right there, right. the the dust that's kicked up from where Anakin's jumping. I mean, everything about this shot, the level of detail that is put into everything. So if you fun. actually go to Sis account on IG and, and pull this up, he did post a, a BTS. Let's see. Uh, and it's funny, like the Anakin, he had to wipe out Anakin's pilot communicator. Oh. <laughs> uh, clearly, there's no uh, lightsaber stuff. But it looks like the raw shot, he probably used a little atmosphere aerosol to bring in some atmosphere. But then the rest is all uh, digital manipulation. Yeah. So again, something I lack severely. And you can see how much digital processing can add to a shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, I mean, I love the, to me, it, it, it's the setup and the raw shot and going through and, and picking the best raw shot. I, that's my favorite part of the hobby. Then when I start looking at them go, Oh fuck, now I got to load this into affinity or Photoshop. That's when I start going, why the fuck do I do this? <laughs> like, please. Uh, can someone take this on for me? Yeah. Somebody, we, we need a, an intern. Like we said last week, we need an intern to edit all the match shots for him. He's the sad thing <laughs> is I, I'm a professor at a community college and I literally could take our, digital photography degree like a, I, I could get my digital photography associates for free you could <laughs> and actually learn proper theory lighting this that and the other thing but yeah why would i do that yeah you know i'll just keep pulling shit out of my ass takes, it takes every a once in a while hit a, hit a gem <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean lego a sith load of lego has really like he's been on here he's been a top five countless times at this point but like i don't know if you noticed nick he's also starting to do some standard black series figures now i did so i saw that so i see the the um the range trooper no this is the he's got scarif some scarif troopers, troopers there yep and then we got imperial guard down there so he, he's been branching out a little bit away from the lego stuff yeah just like uh, and great great work on the other ones as well yeah boba just, we got a we got a good boba image as well so i mean sith little lego one this guy is just a fantastic photographer regardless of his subject whether it be legos whether it be black series this guy is a killer and he just he's i feel like Two of the hardest things to do in the toy photography community, and Matt, I don't know shit about it, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, is is pops like you used to do in Legos. Because, like you said, they're so rigid. Right. They're not it's limited. limited. Anything with limited articulation, you're kind of at the mercy of 
everything else. Yeah. That, that could be lighting. That could be the perspective you're using, the angle you're using, any practical effects. I mean, it's just, so it's really fun to see, like, when you throw up a pop picture that really grabs my eye, like the Cad Bane one that you put up recently was super fun, had the fireworks in the background, the blasters going off, like, looked really cool. And then, you know, seeing these things from, you know, a Sith Lego, Lego Star Wars tongue, these guys who really can bring together what is essentially not even an inch tall figure and make it seem like they're fucking going to battle on a on a real battleground. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look like little look. fucking badasses. Like, they could come here and chop our toes and feet off. Oh, yeah. If if this Anakin Skywalker figure ran up on me with this lightsaber, right. he would he would slice me to bits. Quit <laughs> stepping on my friends. Oh, man. So, good stuff. Great stuff here by Sith Lord Lego. Yes, sir. And I believe he just got out of uh, some sort of hospital stay this Saturday. Other things. So welcome back to the land of the living. And hopefully you keep putting out some content like this and your ass isn't too kicked. Yeah, absolutely. Quick recovery to you, sir. All right. Last up, number five on our top five countdown is a and one it's an account that does not have nearly the amount of followers the amount of love I, it, this it still dumbfounds me especially after some of the fucking posters uh cam v's been cooking up here yeah so this is a this is a fantastic kylo ren ray shot by cam vfx c-a-m-v-e-e-f-x on instagram and it really just captures this idea that what I looked at when I saw this was like this idea of the force flash fights that we've been talking about. This idea that during this final battle or one of the battles between Kylo and Rey that they will be it'll be such an intense battle that they're just jumping to different parts of the Star Wars universe. And this picture perfectly captures that you have Kylo airborne saber ignited jumping in from one side of the screen looks like he could be on Acto, where Ray, same way, saber ignited, jumping in, is coming in from a side that's almost looks like Mustafar, and they're cl- going to clash in the middle. I mean, the action of this shot, the the way that it's set up, and then add in the spice with the possibility of force flash fights is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's a great concept, and that's what Cam, in my opinion, excels at, are just the concepts. I mean, if you scroll, if you go to his feed on Instagram and just check out his poster for The Rise of Skywalker, badass. His shot of Rampo, badass. Uh, he has two companion pieces for the one we're talking about, the, the kind of posters where you got Kylo holding his blade, looking at it with the shot Nick's talking about kind of superimposed within it. And then Ray, same thing. I, I just, I like the way this guy's creativity works in his head. Oh yeah. absolutely. It, it speaks to me. I mean, everything on his page, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. That, that, yep. That works. Yep. 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 And yep. Oh yeah. I mean, just every, like you said, all of the work that this guy does is fantastic. I mean, even down to like, the overhead shot of the tie silencer with Ray from the from the original teaser trailer for Tross. He put that out 18 weeks ago when we were over in you know celebration, and this thing looks fucking fantastic. Like that could be a legit movie poster for the Rise of Skywalker, as could the other one that Matt mentioned, where you have you know the 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 primary focus of Dar you know uh, of Darth Sidious of Emperor Palpatine up there, and then all of the other little. Assets mixed in with Ray Kylo, the silencer, Death Star in the background. I mean, this guy is a master of, you know, 
manipulating space on a you know on a digital canvas and really bringing these ideas that he has to life it's fantastic hell yeah so cam we're trying buddy you you should have 19,000 followers in my opinion oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) we're not that big yet but we're getting there we're growing the army is swelling behind us and we try our best so I think it was that our last one that's the last one all right so that wraps the top five for this week. Always a good time going through talking about some Star Wars fans that also like to showcase their fandom in art form. So if you want to get in on the fun, hashtag Star Wars Time Show on Instagram or just tag us Star Wars Time Show. We'll look for it. If it's good, it'll get featured. And if it's great or if it stands out to Nick, it'll make the top five. And you'll get us fawning over your, your work on an episode of the SWT. All right, so it's that time of the show where we need you to help us out. Not only should you be listening right now every week all the time, but you should be telling your friends. If you have other friends that like Star Wars like you do or that like Star Wars art, collecting stuff, just sitting around listening to Bozo's talk Star Wars, please let them know about Star Wars time. We need to start driving the numbers. More downloads, please. And you can help with that by going to StarWarsTime.net, hitting the subscribe to podcast link in the top right, or the hamburger menu if you're on mobile. And pick your platform. They're all there. And if they're not there, we got an RSS feed for you to plug into whatever super magic machine you have to listen to podcasts. Remember, when you listen to Star Wars Time, the Force will be with you. Always. (laughs) 